we've had a survey out that showed that many millennials around the world and the UAE are saying they're experiencing a quarter life crisis as a result of the financial pressures of everyday life, as well as their own expectations for success. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the Nationals newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. And with me in the studio is Kelsey Warner, Assistant Business Editor. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Mustafa. Why don't we kick off with this discussion and debate around millennials and their expectations for their careers? According to one of the reports we have in the national.ae, more than half of young millennials, uh, that's the age group that is 23 to 38, uh, expect that they will be more financially successful than their parents. That's according to a survey uh, done by the Harris Poll on behalf of brokerage TD Ameritrade. But the expectations are causing undue pressures. And that includes uh, millennials in the UAE, as well as other countries who feel that um, the term they use, adulting, um, is actually a lot harder than they they think it is. Um, and so it's they're saying that... You've never used the term adulting, Mustafa? Is that what you're saying? I've used it about 13 times today. In the last... <laughs> but never, never before. Never on purpose. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean... I think we all continue to be adulting. We're all adulting here. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I mean, Kelsey, I don't want to turn you into the flagship spokesperson. Which we love to do with millennials. For your generation, because first of all, I really do question this broad grouping of 23 to 38. But I mean, that's a whole other I'm in the heart of it at 30. You're right so in the middle. I'm right in the eye of the storm um, of the millennial generation. And yeah, and reading the the money, uh, the personal finance piece we ran this week on how millennials are feeling the pain of adulting. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, you kind of have to take a moment and pause and reflect because I do feel like millennials get a bad rap for coming off as like we have a chip on our shoulder or we're angry at what our um, parents' generation has done to us economically and leaving us in a state where we can never afford a mortgage, let alone our rent. Um, so I had to kind of set that all aside, take a big deep breath, open one of my meditation apps, like all good millennials do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think what these adults were saying in this piece about being burnt out, I think burnout is a real issue that this generation is facing because expectations versus reality in this social media generation, really tough to live up to your own expectations when most of them are playing out you, on Instagram. Do you think, I mean, th this survey we mentioned, it was 3,000 young people in America who were polled. So it's it's a broad grouping. Mm -hmm. And it was this summer. So this is very recent. Um, and, you know, amongst the things they're saying, it's embarrassing to receive parental support past the age of 30. But these are universal things that have always been that right. way. I, mean, I would never have bragged at the age of 31 <laughs> that I'm still living at home and, and taking money from my parents. So why? I so I guess what people get annoyed about is that somehow all these things are new when they're not. Right. But are they new? Uh, I mean, I think the term adulting actually suggests like almost an expectation of extended adolescence. And so we have this sense of our 20s being now an extended teenagerhood where we're all, or a lot of us are living in urban environments, accessing services that were only invented five years ago around, you know, having our food delivered and having subscriptions and apps for everything from budgeting to ordering our dinners. Um, there's this level of automation that we are accustomed to that's really allowed us to coax our inner child out a lot more than I think maybe our our older generations have been able to. So is, is there a kind of mismatch where life should be easier 
yeah. because of technology. Yeah. But it's just as hard as it always has been. I but think, it, it, yeah, it feels it should be easier than it is. Just because you have the budgeting app, the budgeting app can still tell you you're not making a living wage. Yes. Um, and I think the statistics bear out that, um, you know, actually at the G7 earlier this summer, uh, cohort of business leaders got together to tackle corporate inequality because they understand that actually policymakers are probably about to come after this idea and that tax breaks and sharehold like the days of great shareholder earnings and major bonuses for executives that those days are numbered because there's this growing cultural angst over this mismatch of the haves and the have-nots and the have-nots right now really are the millennials who are bearing the brunt I think of of this kind of economic reality that we're in now. Well, I, some interesting angles. For example, Will Self, the author, a fairly controversial author, was writing in The Guardian in the UK, and he said the problem isn't millennials, the problem is 40-somethings, which is me. <laughs> um, and, and this seemed to all be based on an experience he had recently in South London um, where he met a group of very smug 40-somethings um, who, you know, with their sort of fake hipster beards and mm -hmm. cargo shorts and the fact that through IVF technology they're able to start families in their 40s right is it almost become a tribe of them of their own that didn't exist before right um and he and they seem to think they've got it all sorted out okay. and are actually unlike millennials a lot of 40 somethings have their hands on the wheel are actually in charge sure and have and seem to lack any kind of real um, sensitivity or self-awareness. Right. Just looking in the rearview mirror at who they're, who they're leaving behind with, without yes. any level of um, apology. Or, or, or the, so the real entitlement, mm. and I'm paraphrasing Will Self, he, he puts it far funnier and eloquently than, than <laughs> I can, but the, 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 the real problem is the sense of entitlement of the 40-somethings rather than the sense of entitlement of the, of the yeah, millennials. Yeah, the, the level of self-congratulation. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Millennials, I think we're actually as on the whole a more, I think maybe this is also part of our problem is we've never been more introspective or, um, and even our, I think even the younger generation is even more so really great advocates for injustice. And we're a little self-involved because of the way we were parented. So um, we tend to like to kind of self-help. And so I think we are more verbal and more vocal about what our complaints are in terms of how the world is coming up short for us well i mean i th i mean the great the great freedom of turning 40 is it's over <laughs> like so you know the, it's it's like you know it's what, all gravy what, whatever here on out you know whatever you know visions of grandeur i had in my 20s and 30s <laughs> that bubble is burst. yeah and i think we're an audacious bunch you know we're looking yeah. at we're looking at climate change we're looking at um gender inequality income inequality um, real social issues around racism and all like all sorts of things. We have big headline capital letter issues that we're concerned with, but then we look at our how we're doing ourselves. Look at our tiny shoebox apartments. Look at like you know eating ramen for like the fourteenth night in a row, yeah. and we think like surely this this could have gone better. But I, I think you I think you're ba you're basing it on your. I think the real issue is basing it on your parents' expectations. Uh, based on what their life was like i i'm become increasingly convinced that retirement was a blip in humanity like <laughs> the idea that you could retire after working yeah happened you know one generation or two generations got lucky it mm. never happened before and it will never happen again so this idea of like i can't retire at 65 what am i going to do i'm not upset about it because 
it's it's unnatural <laughs> so so in the sense right. of like for you guys a lot of the things that you're thinking of like i must own my own home mm. why must you well now some of the statistics though are we actually don't want to own our our own home right. but we at least want to be able to afford to live outside of our parents basements and pay for our own cell phone bills and pay for our groceries and think that we actually could support a couple kids someday and i think a lot of times this it bears out that our paychecks are not meeting the reality. But you, you know that. that but I, I will argue that it's a very um, sort of Western-centric way to look at it, because in you know, in fact, like in other countries, the Middle East, India, mm. elsewhere, sort of there is a different kind of dynamic at play, which is, for example, the you know the younger generation looks after the older generation in their retirement, when they're old age, when they can't work, sure. and that circle continues and continues. And actually, the frustrations of of millennials, I think, around the world aren't always equal. So, I mean, younger people who are coming um, from certain countries who might be thinking, is this all, I, this is what I've got that I work and then I have to, you know, instead of buying whatever I want to buy in my own home, I'm going to be looking after my parents in their old age. Sure. Why didn't they look after themselves better and have Another a retirement Another thing fund, for Western millennials to feel example. guilty about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> add it to our- <laughs> No, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I know. That's not I what know. I meant. I mean, I'm just saying like there, there is- um, I think the the mismatch of expectations mm -hmm. perhaps is 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 the is what is creating to this survey the pressure. Yeah, right. And um, I think we just we live to a lot on the internet, and a lot of the internet is very aspirational. And I think it's created this a bit of uh, like psychic existentialism around like is this all there is? Uh, and Speaking as a happy Abu Dhabi resident millennial, um, I'm very happy that this is all there is. So we're not all completely bereft. Um, a lot of us are taking care of themselves just fine. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> the, the, my favorite story was the, the recounting the debate between Jack Ma, um, the Alibaba founder, and um, our friend of the pod, um, Elon Musk um, of Tesla, um, who they have very different views on AI. Yes. And and the Bloomberg piece that we ran on the website on the national.ae by Leonid uh, Bershitsky, um, it was off the Shanghai conference. And what was really interesting, two things. The first was an interesting panel discussion at a conference, which doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, that um, Elon Musk doesn't like AI, even though he's a huge investor and developer of AI. He sees it as the end times. He fears yeah. AI. He, uh, yeah, he fears AI, whereas Jack Ma says... We'll always hold the keys to AI, so AI will never be better than us. And they took two completely different. Elon Musk thinks, you know, we're all going to live on Mars. Aliens will will potentially rule us, and we'll have a piece of hardware attached to our brains that takes over our consciousness. Um, Jack Ma said, "No, in fact, AI will only enable nice things to happen if that's what we choose." But it was interesting. Um, Jack Ma was an English major. Uh, you're dealing with Elon Musk, who's a you know, engineer. Yeah. And Jack Ma next week is going to be retiring from Alibaba and going back to teaching. So I liked his softer, <laughs> softer, gentler approach to Elon Musk's, oh my gosh, this is like... Well, where would you rather live? China, according to Jack Ma's vision of AI and technology, or... Or Mars in 2024. Or, or, or basically the purge, which is Elon Musk's vision of... Yeah. Of society of the future with right. AI. I think we would mostly be Team Jack Ma at this point. Uh, absolutely. But the other interesting thing is so Elon Musk, he likened AI, he likened humans to uh, a bootloader, which I had never heard of, but apparently is a very tiny piece of the computer 
that allows, you know, software to run. So we're basically building this whole universe around ourselves without even knowing necessarily what we're building. And it's going to come after us. And it's this really dystopic vision of society. Basically, basically Jurassic Park, yeah. like where we, we, we create the dinosaurs and think we're really clever and then the dinosaurs eat us. Yes. That's that's Elon Musk's version, mm-hmm. while Jack Ma is much more benign of like, we will always be in control of this. Right. And Jack Ma, though, I mean, he's applied AI for, you know, traffic predictability, e-commerce fulfillment. And meanwhile, Musk is actually investing a lot, billions of dollars in creating hardware to attach to our brains. So both of them are acting on these impulses as well, which I thought was kind of an interesting. Like, yeah. You have to remember these are titans of industry who will put their money where their mouth is. Right. And um, both of them are creating the realities that they're predicting in some ways. But but I, I thought what was really funny was was Jack Ma talked about the future there only being a 12-hour work week mm. as a result of AI. But he, right now, he is a proponent of this 996 culture, which is work nine to nine, six days a week. Yeah. So when does that flip around? And do you think Alibaba employees are wondering when he's going to give them the 12-hour work week? I Yeah, I, I'm going to sound like a millennial for a second. It sound He sounds like a guy who you go and visit your grandpa for a holiday and he's still working and he's kind of a hard ass and he's like not very nice. And then he retires. It's like this whole different person. He's very nice. He, there's like this uh, this whole new world. And I feel like we're, we're meeting retired Jack Ma right now is basically what's happening. He's the last man able to retire yeah, is Jack Ma. Exactly. Basically. <laughs> no one else will be able no to retire. No one else. But but he's promising us a 12-hour work week. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I hope that he's right, that we have this 12-hour work week. Everybody gets to work 12 hours and we spend the rest of our time creating wonderful things. <laughs> together hand in hand with the AI right. and the robots. If you visit thenational.ae, uh, you will find some other headlines as well, which are worth paying attention to. So that's about it from us. Kelsey, thanks so much. Thank you. And please do uh, subscribe to this show uh, on any platform that you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, leave a kind review by all means. Um, all that is left is to thank our production team, Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison. And to thank you all for listening. Do join us again next time. 